I'm Cape. And I'm Drew. We're just two former student athletes who understand the game. Not just on the court. But in life. At the end of the day, we just want to help. Today's athletes and former just trying to find their way. It's bigger than sports. This, this is the, the Cape, Cape and Drew podcast. podcast the, the real, real TikTok. TikTok. What's going on, man? What's going on? I'm Cape. I'm Drew. All right. Today's episode is a little bit different for us. Uh, it's a lot that's been going on nationally uh, in sports and business. And uh, we just kind of wanted to take a minute to give you all our two cents uh, about it. And today's episode is called Power Shift. And uh, we kind of came up with the idea uh, to talk about or the title of Power Shift because everything that's been going on uh, basically with the Rich Paul situation and the NCAA um, if you've been paying attention, you, you already know, but basically Rich Paul uh, is in LeBron James's camp. He He's an agent. Uh, he has some real heavy hitters in, in the game to include LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Draymond Green, uh, Ben Simmons, and a few other um, elite guys. And the NCAA basically came in and said that you have to have a bachelor's degree, which Rich Paul doesn't have. He has everything else, but he doesn't have the bachelor's degree to be an agent. And, uh, you know, it just kind of stirred up a lot of controversy. Uh, you can't help but think about the race here, the race issue here, or, or you know, race being considered here. Uh, and in a nutshell, man, I my opinion is that, first of all, the NCAA is way out of line. They're, they're totally out of their lane, in my opinion. And second of all, a degree has nothing to do with getting things done. This guy's been successful. LeBron James is, is his friend, but he trusts him. From far as we can tell, nothing unethical has been going on. So you can't hate, help but think that this is a this is the NCAA acknowledging that this is they're afraid of the of what's what he represents, which is progress. It's it's got to be something, man, because you think. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to put, you know, a four-year degree stipulation on it. But I don't ever remember them saying anything before previous years as far as, you know, agents taking advantage of kids. As far mm -hmm. as, like, specific agents. Like, yeah, this guy, da-da-da-da. No one ever really said anything until he started doing, like, that, like, a power shift as far as really dictating where players wanted to be as far as the Anthony Davis situation. Mm -hmm. You know, giving that power to the players. Um, and it really kind of, cause it really kind of put owners in management. Like it really tied their arms cause they couldn't really do anything anymore. And I don't really think they, they like that power dynamic. They don't really like seeing like the Braun and Rich Paul at like college games, like seeing them look with Zion. Cause they're, they're already thinking they, they're using their influence to kind of recruit them. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, it's no different than what's been going on for years. The difference is, is this man to me is that Rich Paul is black. He looks and talks like most of the guys that he represents or most of the guys that's coming up playing basketball or playing any sport. And from I've heard some things about his background as far as I think he was, you know, he had some difficulties in his uh, before him getting to where he is now, just, just his the way he came up. And so a lot of athletes very similarly – grew up the same way so he can talk that talk right mm -hmm. he can go into those spaces where these athletes are and actually connect to them more so than that runner or whoever else that they're sending out 
to to get these guys like he looks he talks he can actually say that man I, i've been where you at man. i understand i understand what it's like to you know grow up in poverty and still make it and this ain't about necessarily contract like i'm going to take care of you this is deeper than basketball you know what i mean mm-hmm. to me it's kind of thinking like man if you're one of the owners or managers and you're looking like lebron his impact on the game right and then his boy is also an agent it, they, it almost seems unfair, yeah. but at the same time, man, I feel like if you really care about the overall well-being of a person, you can't really be any more happier for yes. them. But now you're starting to see, man, when money gets involved, yeah. people really change change their uh, their attitudes towards Yep, things. and that's a great point, too, man, because if that was the NCAA's case, because that's what they were saying, they just want to make sure the student-athlete is in the best, uh, you know, we're doing this for the best interest of the student-athlete, but what has Rich Paul done? He's gotten guys paid. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he's like I said, nothing unethical has come out. I could be wrong, but I don't. I haven't heard anything. Have you heard anything unethical that he's been doing? Him compared to Drew Rosenhaus, right? Like I don't I remember hearing like they him doing anything. He's not flamboyant. He's not like outspoken like him. He's just to the point. I never heard of seeing Rich Paul do really like an interview. <laughs> no, no. But but again, when he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, that changed the game. Like it was it was kind of like, uh, uh, you know, the everybody's antennas went up and was like, wait a minute, that's that's too much right there. Wait a minute. Yeah, and I said this before, man. Like I remember, um, I remember watching. I'm not, I know. Rich Paul didn't do anything illegal, right? But I was just talking about reference to the movie. You think about an American gangster, no one really knew who Frank Lucas was until he was sitting in front row. Of that <laughs> yeah, with the, with the chinchilla on. <laughs> yeah, and then it wasn't even a matter of like, yo, they were mad, like, yo, how do you get up there? How do you get right, up there? yeah. And so I just think, I think that Sports Illustrated and the Anthony Davis thing, I just think what they represent, and they didn't go the traditional route. And so these guys that have gone the traditional route and somewhat what they want to say, pay their dues. And here you got a guy that's kind of just come out of nowhere and are getting these, I mean, guys that they want, you know what I mean? Because whatever the percentage is that an agent gets from a contract, you know, that's the name of the game, right? And so you got Rich Paul making major power moves and he didn't come up the, you know, according to the good old boy system, he didn't pay his dues. <laughs> and so they're, they're Yeah, upset. yeah, I was about to say that. That he didn't pay his dudes the way they thought he should pay them, right? Because it's almost like you know he definitely went through some struggles. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Some struggles that most most people hadn't gone through, and so again, I just think that's how he's able to connect. Yeah, he's LeBron James's boy, and that of course that helps a ton. But at the end of the day, the guy the guy's getting stuff done, man. And so I'm glad the NCAA rescinded that uh, that piece about having that credential. But um, but anyway, I wanted you since I know you we were kind of talking about this, the, the Darius Baisley kid. Can you bring bring me in on that? What's going on with that? Man, it was crazy because everyone was like in this uproar about this kid uh, basically signed an internship with New Balance. Mm-hmm. Right. And so instead of he was supposed to go to Syracuse to play ball, but instead he signs a he signs a uh, internship, does that. And let me rewind that. He was the kid that was supposed to not go to school and going to go straight to the G League. And so 
decommits from Syracuse, but instead of going to the G League, he actually does an internship with New Balance for up to $14 million with incentives, but $1 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And it was only for three months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he does this internship for three months. He's working out, and he gets ready. He's getting ready for the draft, and he gets drafted in the first round. 23rd overall, he's going to be a rookie this year. Mm. And this is Rich Paul's so, guy. Yeah, yeah. And so it, I'm, I just tried to look up as much stuff as I could, but basically it was January through March. And see. And you think about it. Go ahead. <laughs> One million. Go ahead. When you get, what was that, January, February, March, three months, you get a mil, and you're training for the draft. And you, about, you still got drafted. You about to play. He'd be a rookie this year. Now, you talking about power shift? Dog, if that's the case, if that's the if that's the route that, that – if that's an option, which it obviously is at this point, what does that mean for college basketball? <laughs> because, because if Zion – think about this, man. You can't tell me that Zion, Cam Reddish, uh, and uh, what's my guy's name just got, got with the Knicks? Lefty. RJ Bear, you can't tell me that they couldn't have took a similar route. Um, yeah. But but how much money and revenue did they make for Duke this past year? Man, right, they definitely got to be in the million. I would say definitely. It's, it's no question about it. And so if this is an option for guys that are like, and I would assume this Basley guy was a top twenty kid coming out of high school. Uh, yeah, because he was with the McDonald's, Jordan Brand. He was in all those. All-star right. Games. So if this is a route, if this is an option, because you think about it as the, as the player, like you 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 uh you take out the risk pretty much of getting injured pretty much, right? You don't have to go to class, right? And you don't have to be under the BS NCAA rules. You can just kind of go make a million dollars in three months provide for your family right away and still get drafted in the first round? Man, and then it said, like, so he said it was like the product of a broken system, right? That's what Rich Paul said. But I didn't I didn't read that full thing, but in my in my own opinion, as far as that broken system, you're, you can no longer sell guys on, you know, being on TV, mm-hmm. um, you know, having these amenities and facilities because the way – you know, it is today. Like, I can get just as many hits on a YouTube or a podcast or just online than I can from being on yes, TV. Yes, man. Social media and the you know, internet has changed all of that. And you think about it too, man, when we were coming up, we were just like, yo, you throw me on a video game and I'm good. <laughs> but nowadays, you have a chance to make generational wealth. Yes. <laughs> so, it's not, like, why would I turn that down just to sort of, quote-unquote, buy into that team aspect? When really, if I don't perform to your liking, you're just going to replace me anyway. Yes, man. And again, who want? I mean, who, who are we kidding? Like, like guys, you go to college to get a degree, or no? I'm sorry, you don't go to job. You don't go to college to get a degree. You go to college to get a job. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you could come out of high school, do an internship, make a million dollars, and then get drafted and get your job, your dream job, without the rigors of college. For a couple months or years, a couple years, and the NCAA rules, why wouldn't you take the Rich Paul that that route that Rich Paul provided? I know I would. It's, I definitely see some things about to really shift, man, with that because 
to me, that's better than the whole guys going to Europe for a year. Absolutely. So I'm excited to see where that's about to go. Yeah, because you go overseas, man. I mean, we got guys, we know guys that went over there. And first of all, you're 20, 30, 40,000 miles away from what you know. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's a different game over there. Everybody we talk to say so it's basically like football. Like it's it's physical. Uh, the game yeah. is different. Like you, they call travel. Like you can't even do a Euro over there or something. I don't know. Uh, but it's just different. And so why would you go away miles and miles away from what you know when you can go do an internship to make mm-hmm. millions of dollars and provide for your family right here in the States and still be a first-round pick? So it's definitely a game-changer. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, but, you know – all of this going on, this is to me why the NCAA and other people are just basically afraid. Uh, it's important. Mm-hmm. It's important for people to understand this, what this means for the culture. I think it stems back the history of sports, the 50s and 60s. You remember when Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Muhammad Ali, all these black athletes came together to take a stance on what was going on. And this is just, to me... First of all, all praises to to those guys who were doing those great things for the culture. But now, see, it's different, man. You're talking about ultimate power. Not only power, but knowledge. And not only knowledge, but the goal and the, and, Mm -hmm. and the, and the, you know what? We understand we the product. We understand we the one making the real money for these organizations. NCAA, pro teams, colleges, we're the product. We get it. And then you get a guy like Rich Paul, right, that understands this and LeBron who understands this and actually have the resources, the revenue, the namesake to make it happen. Man, it's a it's a it's a it's important for people and these young people that are coming up to understand what this actually means for us moving forward, because you play your cards right and you can have people bound down. (laughs) Yeah. I think what they're also starting to do is, man, they're starting to put the owners, NCAA, kind of on front street as far as, like, you know, if you want us to buy into the whole team first concept, then it has you have to do that as well. Because mm. so many times you see pros, you know, well, you know, we're going to go in a different direction, especially in football. That That whole, like, I thought we were a family type of thing. And it's almost like, nah, it's whatever you've done for me lately kind of mindset. So now they're like, okay, well, since y'all want to do that, I'm going to make sure all my coins on my end are taken care of. So when that does happen, I'll be set. And the NCAA, man, they they really don't like that because they, you know, they consider themselves like a nonprofit. Yeah, a, big, a billion dollar nonprofit. <laughs> so you figure you taking all the top guys. If you take if you take the top, let's say, 50 recruits coming out next year's class, and give them all internships at whatever few companies, how watered down will the March Madness Ooh. be? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so it just – you can really – I feel like some stuff has to, to really change as far as, like, man, you got to pay those guys. And I know there's so many things, legality things you have to work mm-hmm. out, but you can either pay them or you're going to lose them. Yeah, and that's <laughs> such a good point. And that's why all these loopholes are being found, and that's why guys are – that's why they're taking these other options because man 
like people are getting hip and, and it's and it's the right people that are getting hip to what's going on and being able to really do something and are providing these other options because that's a great point. You like you said, you take the top 50 guys coming out that go do internships with Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, who are already connected to them through AAU anyway, right? Mm-hmm. What if they did that? I mean, what would that you they have a bunch of Drew Johnsons and Julian Capels out there in the NCAA? <laughs> Who wants to watch that? <laughs> see, see, we got to do it. it, was, it was <laughs> I give them about five points a game, maybe. I don't know. But um uh, they could go. like okay, let's say um it might not be maybe like the top uh like Nike or Adidas, mm-hmm. right? But like a new balance, uh, under armor. Puma, mm-hmm. um, even Converse is coming back. Mm-hmm. So those companies, well, I feel more willing to take that risk on those guys, that because that, that potential. And then it's like, let's say they they hit on them and they sign with them, man, that's a win win for that's them. Win win. And don't forget about that Chinese or the China shoe company. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, you think about the kind of money they can throw at these kids. Um, I mean, this the 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 possibilities are endless. I'm just as a fan of of any kind of empowerment movement. I'm all for it, man, because you know people have been using us for years, for decades, for centuries, and to see us as a as a culture understand our worth and being able to make um, power moves like this and really being position of power to do some things is just it's great to see man and i i hope that we keep going um and not be afraid to to keep going because they're gonna try to i mean the ncaa in my opinion aren't done i think they're gonna try to do more things but i'm like this y'all better y'all better either get down or lay down dog (laughs) because because the moving the train is going right now yeah because that that new balance internship man that was yeah, that was a game changer, dog. That was a game changer. I want to get your thoughts on something. So, uh, Chris Broussard, my guy, ESPN analyst, I know that's your guy too. <laughs> he said something very interesting. I want to get your perspective because obviously, uh, you know, you played at HBCU and we, we, you work at HBCU. I, I used to work one, but he said future student athletes should go to HBCU so that money will go to black colleges and universities. And he went on to say, basically, like, you know, you guys have the power, you know, stop going to these schools and putting money into their pockets. And you former athletes and NBA guys now that are in the NBA now, stop giving money back to those powerhouse schools, give money back to the HBCUs who really need it. What's your thoughts on that? Man, I think it's a great idea and a great concept. I just think. And that's not that's not one of those things where I think it's impossible because you think about it too from the facilities, from the amenities part, from the TV part. If you get three top five guys to go to one HBCU, they're going to be on TV mm-hmm. from that point forward. So that's not going to be an issue at all. I think the issue will be is there's nothing like being at a top camp and you see John Calipari on the on the sideline. (laughs) That's the part that's going to be tricky because you think about it, our biggest HBCU coach, probably uh, Coach Lavelle Moton from Central, Mm. you know, he has a really big following. But other than that, I'm trying to think of some guys who are really popular. And that would be be my only thing. Like, you can 
you could get the amenities, the facilities part. Like mm-hmm. you only be there six months anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I say this too. That's such a good point, man. But I that whole John Calipari or Mike Shusevsky on the sideline, it's hard to beat that, right? But I think I have a really, really good friend, uh, my man Josh King, right? He's got a son. His name is Jack. We call him Lil' Jack. He's, he's, his name is Joshua Aaron King. What's up, little guy? I hope you listen to this. He's really good. He's really talented, right? And, you know, tall like his father, smart kid. You know, I he don't get that from Josh. Ha, ha, ha. He get that <laughs> from his mom. Uh, what's up, Latoya? And like this kid is brilliant, right? But he's going to be a great athlete. I can see it, but he's also very smart. But both of his parents went to North Carolina A and T, right? And you're talking about some woke people, like these these Josh and Latoya are woke as all get out. And I only say I'm only telling the story to say you got these parents that went to HBCUs. They're very proud of their HBCU and HBCU experience. They got a kid that could potentially, could potentially be a great athlete. In a few years, he's young. I, th- I can't remember what grade Jack is in, but he's not, I don't, he's not even in high school yet. But he's going to get there, right? What if because of his parents and because of, like, they go back for homecoming every year and maybe Jack caught that bug? Like, I want to go here. No matter, and he keeps that. And what if he ends up yeah. being a number one, top five player in the country? Still goes. What does the and and then not only does that but does well <laughs> and gets drafted. All it takes is one. Is my point um, because as we know, history back in the day, the HBCUs that's all we could go to anyway. And guys still yeah. got to where they needed to be for the most part. It's just at some point the Kentuckys, which were always great, the Dukes, the Kansas, started going into the neighborhood. You see the hood to recruit um and then you know we all know the texas western story where the the five black guys won the championship against kentucky and that was the so my point that was the change and so my point is it only takes one class of student black student athletes to go to an hbcu to make this happen before the younger people say oh you could go there and still make it because you're right the tv networks they're still gonna go get these they're gonna still be on tv Mm mm-hmm Man, I'm thinking too. So, in football, it's more like you got some of the most top guys have came from like lower Division One schools, like uh, I think uh, Central Michigan. Uh, and you have Jerry Rice from school he went to. I think Jerry Rice went to HBCU. He did. I think Jackson uh, State or something. And so it's kind of it's not as unheard of as in football. In football, but I know in basketball, you know. I'm trying to figure out the last guy from HBCU who was drafted. Uh, Flip Murray? I remember Flip, Flip Murray had a really good career. Daryl um, Armstrong? Daryl Armstrong. And they just had a guy from Shaw. Yep. I don't know if he got – I think he played in the summer league. So, that it's, – it's possible. Uh, I think – I mean, I'd be pretty excited. I'd be really excited to see if he had, like, a top five. Like, you know how they normally go to Kentucky? But if they went to an HBCU, yeah. I think that would be that would be so dope for the Ghosts. Oh, that would be so. <laughs> you think about – you mean to tell me if Zion would have went to North Carolina Central, he still wouldn't have been the number one pick? Man. No, it's no question. You think if – if if like, got like if June – Dennis Smith Jr. would have went to Federal State, let's just say – I mean, that's a D2 school. 
Like, yeah, he's mm-hmm. six two, six three, but do you understand what he would have been doing on that level to a point where, first of all, it would have been out of in front row, <laughs> but mm-hmm. he still would have been drafted, in my opinion, just because the talent speaks for itself. And I just think, I just think how it would be so cool if guys at this point, because you got social media, because you got internet, because you can kind of control your own narrative now, basically with with technology. It's it's not as big as a, of a risk to me as it was before all the internet and everything, before ballerslife.com and all these other sites. You know what I mean? Because I think too, man. I like I said, like if you went to if you went to a North Carolina Central, immediately you would be playing in the Maui, you'd be playing in the pre NIT, you would be playing in in every type of uh, big like tournament imaginable. Like that team would be now be yes. there, and so I think the whole being on TV, that that's not really going to play a factor anymore. It's just a matter of like, hey, do we want to be the guys to really change? Yeah, <laughs> and and I want to get into our next topic, man, because I am super duper passionate about this next topic, and I'm gonna try to keep my control here. But um, so Jay Z, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of controversy with you know Jay Z partnering with the NFL. And just last yesterday, uh, said that he's going to be a part owner of a team or they're working on it and all of that. But um, let me just read something. It says, Jay-Z, working with the NFL, Jay-Z's Rock Nation, NFL joined forces for musical and social justice. Jay-Z's Rock Nation and and the NFL announced Tuesday, this past Tuesday, that they have entered into a multi-year partnership to enhance the NFL's live game experience and to amplify the league's social justice efforts. Blah, 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 blah. The partnership will seek to nurture and strengthen community through football and music, including through the NFL's Inspired to Change initiatives. The initiative tries to foster positive change in communities nationwide. Okay. Here's my here's my mm-hmm. here's my two cents. Okay. Of course, if you've been paying attention, there's been a lot of backlash from from your everyday Joe to celebrities. Uh, and I won't go through all of that, but basically in a nutshell, people are saying they don't understand why he did this. Uh, he's, you know, people are calling him a sellout. Uh, you know, why Why are you joining forces with an organization that has still yet to employ Colin Kaepernick uh, and all of this? And I think in the interview, uh, Jay-Z said that the kneeling, the kneeling served its purpose, purpose. It was it was needed for the for the progress and the process. But I think we've moved past that now. And a lot of people took that as he was discrediting the knee, the kneeling. But if you really listen to what he's saying, that's not what he said. He actually took some take takes a moment in the interview, said, let me be clear. The kneeling was a mm-hmm. part of the process. It was necessary. It was necessary. But now what's the next step? And I could not agree with him and I cannot agree with what he's doing uh, more at this point, because here's and here's what I say to keep it. So so I, I want you to chime in. You have to have a seat at the table, period, period, to do anything right. The bottom line is Jay-Z is a billionaire and money talks, money talks and and. In efforts for us to see any kind of change, you have to be in the room with the people that are running things. You have to be there. The kneeling was great. Mm -hmm. It was a part of the process. It was necessary. 
It got people talking. Everybody knows what it was about at this point. And it was three years ago when it started, if I'm not mistaken. But what's the next mm-hmm. step now? What's the next step? And I think this is a step in the right direction. That was kind of that was kind of my thoughts on it too. So, you know, you as far as hearing all the stuff about yeah, man, Jay Z, I told y'all he didn't care about y'all. I told y'all da 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 da. And my only, my only, I guess, question would be like, okay, bet. Let's say you're 100 percent right. What would you prefer to be to see? Yes, be done? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and so. <laughs> What solutions would you have? What should he have done? Or what would you like to see be done? Um, it's a matter of, like, do you think... Yeah, like, what would you want to see done? What are the other options here? And then kind of look at it like, do you... I think what people are upset about is that the fact that as a African, African-American, he is going to see some sort of profit off of another African-American, like, really taking like the bullet for mm-hmm. it all and i think that's what kind of rubs people the wrong way even though he's trying to say he is making he's doing this for a change trying to make some changes it's just that that they feel like he probably should have been doing that or could have did that without even partnering with them overall in the first place but it's a matter of at the end of the day there's still you have to have some type of business savvy and no one's just going to do something to do it because he might have taken a Either way, it's going to be a risk for him. Yeah. So, at some point, at somewhere, there has to be some type of thing where, okay, I could do this. This is a good cause. This is what's going to, you know, forward momentum. Yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more on that last. That one of the things you said, I was actually getting into a text debate with one of my friends last night, and that was my thing. Like, what's the okay? So, what's the since since this doesn't you don't think this what Jay-Z doing is going to work. What do you think? What's your, what's your mm-hmm. solution? Or what do you think the next steps? And I think he said something like, you know, for, you know, black communities or communities to realize that we are uh, to do more for the community and the, uh, the oppressed and da, 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 da. And I was like, we've done that. We realize that. But at the, at my rebuttal mm-hmm. is this, the same people that's talking about the Colin Kaepernick thing and now Jay-Z partnering, they got a problem. They're going to tune in every Sunday to, to watch the mm-hmm. games and they're going to support their home team and buy tickets or whatever. And so why, what, what, what's the problem with a man whose track record to me, and I'm a fan, so I'm a little biased is, is pretty flawless. If you ask me, he's the same guy that has been giving us documentaries uh, on the social justice systems and bringing some things to light, uh, working with Netflix, and now he's just did uh, the free Meek uh, Netflix thing. So the music, of course, through the years, his business partnerships have have been successful for the most part. What what makes us think that this would be any different, knowing Jay Z's track record? And my thing is this: give it a chance. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like. It's not like he's shown before that he hasn't been intentional about his efforts, you know, right. to help. So that's how I would like to see how it unfolds. Uh, I think back too, man. So if he's going to be partnering with all these organizations, right, to implement like social justice, I always look at things like that as far as um, like bylaws and different things that are that are written for those to protect those. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so. Now I'm kind of thinking like, okay, if you put all these stipulations into place, 
I think of it's like an end game as far as like I know you're still gonna do those things because I know that's the kind of person you are at your core. But at least now we have something in writing that's documented to where hey, when you do this, we now have some type of legal action for you. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm like, maybe hoping to see from it all, but it's not a, like a condemn, you know, Jay-Z for doing this because it's not like, where where have we been since the kneeling? Like, what was the next step? What was step? the next steps? And I think people find comfort in that cause because, you know, it, 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 was, it was visual. You could see it. It made you feel a way when Ed Reed was doing it. It was like, okay, it's continuing. It's, it's still, we still doing it. We, so you get comfortable with that. See, what Jay-Z is doing is uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable. He's, and he knows, yeah. he's, he's, he's not taking this risk without doing the proper calculations beforehand, right? Think about it. His yeah. team, it's not just Jay-Z. It's his, it's Rock Nation, it's his brand. It's his business. He knows his face is on this. And he's not going to get into this business unless he has already calculated prior to yep. what that pop, what the outcomes are, what his, like you said, his intentions are. And I know people are thinking that the NFL is going to use them for his own agenda. Well, maybe. Maybe that's what they're thinking and maybe they will try to use him. But do you think for one second, Jay-Z is going to bow down and get into a position where he's being used for the NFL's agenda to get black communities or black, more black support now? Absolutely not. Why would he do that? Yeah. I definitely feel like if anything happens to where it goes the direction he doesn't feel that it should be going, that he'll exactly. step away from it. <laughs> exactly. And this is what I said to my friend last night. What if Jay-Z is just doing this Part of the reason he's doing this is to get close to the people that have been oppressing us for years, right? What if he's just getting close to them to learn their ways, their systems, to be in these small settings, these small spaces, to really learn the ins and outs of why they think and act and do what they do on a continuous basis, just so he can get the information and bring it back home to us in a way that we're able to get out of, because the oppression is not necessarily a physical thing at this point. It's a mental thing. You still got black boy, black people going out there to run touchdowns and throw touchdowns and do what they do. But why is it a problem when this business savvy black man who's been 100 for years partners with the organization that to so many people have been doing the oppressing? Why is that a problem? Because what is the next step? What I, like you said, what's the next step then? What was the next step? How how is this not a valuable step in the right direction for the cause? Is my question. Man, I I really can't wait to see it because I'm thinking too, man. Like I was uh, had, I heard a couple of discussions about it too later talking about Ed Reed as far as his comments. I'm thinking like, hey, I mean you could step away too. Like if you just, if Neilan's not working or you think people should be doing more, like who's, would you sacrifice your livelihood? Would you be like, you know what? I ain't playing football no more because of that. Right. Right. It's like kind of one of those things where it's like, what, like you said, like what's the next step? It's not saying, not saying either one's right or wrong, but just tell me what you would like to see. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and like this too, man, all I'm saying is to all the listeners out there, my whole thing is this, 
give this man a chance. Give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Just give it. Give this. Let's see what happens. Uh, you know, it's. I think it's a step in the right direction because, like he said in the interview, a big part of what he said in the interview was so important is that it's time for us to educate people. Um, and to me, that's the most important thing. Like we know, like what's going on, but do we really know what's going on? And until you get inside and get a seat at the table, you have no idea. You can speculate and assume all day. But until you get to where Jay-Z is in that room, you don't know what's going on. So anyway, uh, the next thing we wanted to touch on, um, uh, and this kind of segues into that power shift, too, and nobody's really talking about him or what he's doing, is Ice Cube mm. with with this big three uh, going on. I don't know if you, you watch the big three. Man, I watch highlights online. I don't think I've ever watched like a full, full game. So, dog, <laughs> I tune in on the weekends, and I tune in. Uh, I was actually watching this more than uh, the the preseason games or whatever was on. I was I was watching this because you got these guys, some grade A talented guys that had great NBA careers that are playing basically three on three half court, but they still got it. Like it's entertaining and it's, mm-hmm. and it's like rough, it's physical. They talking trash. You got legendary coaches on the sideline. And I was watching this real sports special on ice cube and the big three. And I learned a lot about him and his business savvy. You know, he basically him and his business partner started the big three out of their own pocket. Right. He said, they're just now starting to see a, a few revenue, a, a little bit of revenue, but you know, they invested in this and everybody was telling them they were crazy that him that Ice Cube was crazy for doing this. Stay stay in your lane, right? Mm-hmm. Ice Cube was like, nah, I'm not staying in my lane. This is what we want to do. We basically gonna bring the hood, because in the hood or or you grew up playing basketball, 303 is a big part of growing up, right? And he brought it yeah. to the mainstream. And he's on, he started off on, I forget the network, but it was a smaller network. But now this man is on CBS, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so, like, this is huge, right? I mean, he, they were saying on Real Sports that this he's got more seats or, or butts in seats and more uh, people tuning in than the WNBA right now. And uh, you're talking about older three-on-three guys. Like, this isn't like – we ain't talking about, like, LeBron suiting up. We're talking about old heads suiting up. But these guys still got it, and it's a beautiful thing. Oh, that's that's real big as far as like if they're already having more uh I guess viewing than the uh, WNBA just from like like I how long WNBA around. It, Man, we I, were in I wanna say what, nineteen ninety nine, I wanna say, or is it has it been that long? I just remember watching Cynthia Cooper. She was my girl. I loved her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like, man, it's I'm happy for the big three, but at the same time, like, dang. You know, you want the WNBA to succeed as well. So it's like, ah. Yeah. But to, to to keep track of, you know, the big three, I like it just because, like you said, you have guys that we kind of grew up kind of watching. And you always wonder, like, dang, I wonder what happened with them. And now you see them out there hooping. You're like, oh, dang, like Catino Mobley. Yes. Uh, you think, like, uh, what's my man's name? The little point guard from Georgia Tech. He's oh, from Arizona. Will, Will, like, um, still looks the exactly the same. Will, Will Byam. <laughs> Yeah. Did yeah. you see that move like, he hit my good. man with? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's good. And then you also you're seeing other guys from like the Drew League out there yep. playing. And so it just give it's giving guys a bigger stage. Cause I don't really think 
there's too many guys that's from the big three that's like really trying to get back into the yeah. league. I think maybe like just maybe one or two, but it just gives them that that that, that kind of like that outlet again. Yeah, that's a big part of it too, man. You, these guys have something to look forward to again because that goes back into what we always talk about that athletic identity, man. So these guys get a taste of what they kind of had for years, being on the stage, mm-hmm. being on the network, being in a competitive space. And it's probably so good for their psyche. Probably gets has them something to look forward to throughout the year and to get in shape or stay in shape. And so that's good. But I also look at it like this too. Like this big three could be a blueprint for somebody really, really, even Ice Cube starting their own mm. league. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. why not? Because if if this big three ends up being as huge as it's already becoming. If it ends up taking those necessary steps and people like future athletes or basketball players and current ones see that, oh, like, what what, what about this league over here? I mean, what if, let's just say this is just a blueprint for the next big league. Um, and, and I know that sounds crazy, but why not? The crazy thing is it's not even crazy because the next big league – it's going to be those companies and those interns mm-hmm. <laughs> having like uh, having like little regular leagues, but it's going to be like uh, exposure games, exposure camps, yes. and it's going to be set up like a league, like they do Basically now. Basically, like they do now. <laughs> like EYBL, like it's just going to be that, but more on an adult level. Like, hey, these guys are intern for us. Uh, they're working wow. out. Da, da, da. Cause, and they'll control everything. They don't got to go through They don't gotta go through any TV uh, colleges. Like Nike can have their own team. Boom, top 10 guys over here. Got your top 20 over there, top 30. Boom, we have our own lead. You got to have da, – da, da, da. we're getting ready for the lead. Wow, <laughs> dog. You just went to the bottom of the ocean because I'm sitting here thinking too, <laughs> like, it'll just be like AAU for adults. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. What I'm except, except all the, 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 the revenue and stuff is going to the players. Mm. Because you think about it, Nike mm. don't need – they'll get their money on the back end from shoe sales and apparel sales. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what if like what if like those that happens, but Ice Cube because he's the mastermind of the big three and knows and by then of course he'll know all the you know basically how to how it should I mean he's basically from the mud out now he started from the bottom and he's having a successful basically league. What if they partner somehow and make this I happen? I say if I'm Ice Cube man, I'm looking into this. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean at the end of the day, man, like. <laughs> It's it's happening. Things are shifting. It is a power shift going on right before our eyes. And the, the systems that have been in place, the organizations that have been in place for decades are upset. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're mad and they should because be. You can't that worked 30 years ago. Like, no. you think about this, man. We talk about this all the time. You can't sell the app. Man, you're gonna get a free education because now in today's time you can't just go to school and graduate and come out educated. You have to do stuff while you're there, but knowing good and well, you don't have the time to do no, that. <laughs> and it's not. First of all, you don't need an education to be successful. If you got a talent, you don't mm-hmm. necessarily need it. Like guys like me and you probably need it uh, or needed yeah. it. But when if you're Zion, if you're John ja Morant. Um, if you're RJ, if you're this guy we talked about earlier, 
if you're if you're a top guy, you don't need to go to what what's the advantages of going to college nowadays? If you're gonna be one and done, what's the advantage? What what's what do you get out of it? Man, the the crazy thing is it's it's really making me think back to like we both work in higher ed and how they always say like you know go over strategic plans and you know what's kind of working in higher ed what's the what's the shift paradigm looking like and we're we literally have to come up with like strategies to kind of like help do that and I just don't see the NCAA doing that like y'all know stuff is shifting like to where players ain't got to deal with that no no they don't and it's and the word is out. Mm-hmm. The, the word is out big time, and you know why not? Why not do what's best for you and your family as, as quickly as possible? And like I said, Rich Paul is basically and and his camp, they're recognizing the shift, and they are empowering themselves with the knowledge and 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 sharing the information with with, yeah. with folks who need it, and it's and it's. It's a power shift, man. Man, I'm just, I'm really interested to see, man. Give me Puma, Under Armour, Nike, and Adidas. <laughs> like, they could, they could get an arena. Oh, no <laughs> doubt. Man, you set them up, you set them up like you have, uh, like, these schools now to where they're basically there just to hoop anyway. Like an IMG Academy mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, if Nike has their own academy, which they do anyway, you got these guys over here. You got Puma got a location under armor, and you just intertwine like a league. Why would you need? You'll get TV deals. Yes, because you because the product is you got a great product. Yeah, you got the product. And I'm putting it in perspective too. Drake has a full court gym. I want to say at his crib. At his mm-hmm. crib, and I think with bleachers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So you think that he wouldn't like, like say, yeah, y'all come over and we go swimming afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> and it's it's definitely some things to look at, man. Yeah, it definitely. is. And um, so all the listeners out there, student athletes, just pay attention to what's going on. I hear things are changing. There's definitely a shift in power. We need more rich pauls. Uh, Jay Z's. I know some people are gonna listen to this and say it. I, they can't believe I'm I'm on Jay Z's side, but I am. Uh, and we need more Ice Cubes. We need more more people that are thinking outside of the box uh, to to you know continue this fight because we've we've been on the fields on the courts for way too long. And it goes back to that lady which went which she said about LeBron years ago: "Shut up and dribble." Nah, 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 nah. We're not doing that. We're yeah. not doing that no more. We're not shutting <laughs> up and dribble. We're not shutting up running no touchdowns only. That's just our way to get in these positions now. And um, and not the only one, but it is a way. And uh nah, man, we 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 understand what's happening out here, and uh we're gonna we're gonna continue to go down this road of progress and, and just see what happens. So you got anything else? Uh man, I just I'm really happy to see, you know, saying the the progression that student athletes are overall mm-hmm. making. I just want them to keep in mind that everyone is not going to be Zion. <laughs> <RJ>. <laughs> right. So you know, while those guys, you know, they can, everyone's not going to have, like I said before, everyone's not going to have the sexy job. <laughs> but just you know, just keep in mind what things are, how things are trend are, are transpiring, and how they're 
kind of just to keep that forward momentum going. Yeah, yeah, and and again, you uh, you know, you're talking to two guys. There's more people like us that need the degrees than Zion. <laughs> so, yeah. so just keep that in mind. Ain't nothing wrong with taking the education route. Uh, so we always want to leave the audience with the highest human act is, is to inspire. So I'm Kate. I'm Drew. Catch y'all next time.